UFC 270 has come and gone. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. Let's see how it got where it was going. The first Cali UFC card since before the Pandy had just 11 fights with three KO TKOs, two subs, six decisions for a total cage time of two hours, three minutes, 32 seconds. The favorites came out on top at betonline.ag six to five on the night. Your big winner was Francis Ngannou earning a decision that was a plus 1200 proposition. So even if you just put down 20 bucks at BetOnline, you scored 240. Ngannou had a night of PRs with four takedowns, 43 significant strikes, and eight minutes, 29 seconds of control time. Figgy had 11 takedown attempts in his title victory, only ever going for five in his previous outings with Moreno. Their combined round scores for all three fights, 341 to 340 for the God of War. Michelle Pajeda had his highest career output, landing 107 significant strikes. Saeed Nurmagomedov now has four career first round submissions, his first in the UFC, earning him our Ronda Rousey Award. Eight fighters made their UFC debuts tonight. The rookies went four and four. Mike Morales, your only newbie winner on the main card, so he gets our FNG Award. But the stats can only tell us so much let's dive deeper hey what's up guys jason here with the before and after and man do we have a lot to unpack here first off let's talk about the co-main Tudo actually had a pretty great point at the post-fight presser the person that won was the flyweights man two years ago two years ago the flower division was about to go and i think i could speak for just about everyone in saying that thank god we did not lose this division and what better indication of its popularity than the reaction to both men at the pre-fight presser question for brandon moreno the champion And with all the supposed drama built between Nganu and Gan, it really had nothing on the war of words between Moreno and Figgy. Yeah, motherfucker. Moreno seemed to actually like all the Suhudo betrayal stuff and Davison shit talk. I'm a lucky guy because other people sell tickets for me. That job, they can take uh, take uh, that part. Figueredo certainly didn't mind being that guy either. I can definitely feel the warmth. I, I love I love I love when people yell at me and just you know swear at me. Although Moreno came around to actually embrace the fight, he was pretty upfront that this was not what he really wanted. Going as far back as last summer when he said this. I dominated him, you know, in the striking, in grappling, in wrestling. So, man, obviously I'm open to fight against with him, but I think he needs to fight against with somebody. So for that reason, Figgy seems a bit non-committal about a fourth fight. Brandon didn't give me the chance to fight him again. Well, he didn't, he didn't want to. He's up in Toja got, got hurt. That's why the UFC gave us the fights. If he behaves well, for the course of the next couple of months, we'll, we'll figure this out. And in the time since the post-fight interview, he seems to have changed his mind about where this would take place. If you're going to Mexico with Cerruto next to us, we might not leave. So I think we're considering that maybe Brazil will be a better option. So I guess the next question is, when would this fight take place if it goes down? First time in my life when I lost a decision, but I felt like I win, I won, you know? The original plan was like fight, you know, uh, January, then fight maybe May, maybe June, and then 
fight in December, for example. You know, three fights in one year, sounds, uh, sounds good. Then of course, onto the main event. I'll admit it's hard to pare all of this down. Check out Tommy's outstanding video going really deep into all the contract issues of the UFC and what that means for more analysis. But yeah, all those issues seem to boil down to just one moment. You, you say that, that everyone's mind goes immediately to money. Of course it does. You're saying that's not the only issue. Um, it, it was it was all but set prior to the um, announcement of of the interim title. I would say this problem could have been solved way way a uh, long time before. That's right. They almost re-signed if it wasn't for the interim fight. Yikes. As for all the team drama, the two were both pretty insistent that they respected each other, but there definitely were two major moments of contention between the two. One is the supposed knockdown. So can you explain exactly what, what's happening? Oh, you don't remember? Lying. And were they ever really even teammates in the beginning? It's not a former teammate. Just sorry, sorry, my man. I was not your former teammate. Um, how long we train together, Siri? I think DC probably had the best bit of unintentional foreshadowing for this entire fight. I mean, Cyril Gunn's only been here for a few years, right? Two to three yeah. years? It's like you. Mm -hmm. But he hasn't been in that moment like you had in 2018. Mm -hmm. You think he's going to be dealt those moments in Anaheim in, in uh, January? And in many ways, Gan lost to the takedown as Nganu did to Stipe. Ironically, it seems like Nganu was given this game plan by Gan himself. Then I saw that uh, he's like trying to wrestle. I know for sure that I'm pretty good at that, uh, at least more than him. And when you hear about what happened to his knees. I have a grade three uh, MCL and a damaged uh, ACL plus my um, MPFL. Because I wasn't very comfortable on my uh, stand. I wasn't very stable, so I was very concerned. When he gave me the grapple, he was good because like, I was able to deal with that better than the striking. But so then, what the hell happens now? Where does Nganu go? He laid out why he feels he will be able to leave his contract. If at the end of this contract, you are a champion, you are extended for three fights, all one year. Oscar from the Mac Life asked him about this at the post-fight press conference, but unfortunately there just wasn't a clear answer. Are you comfortable with the decision that you might just not fight for a year now? In the past three years, I have fought three times. So what did that mean? Once a year? So it wouldn't be something very, something strange. Basically, he can choose to wait out the year or fight three times. With Dana going in so heavy about all the records being broken over and over, all the cash coming in. Every year. We beat the year before. We're breaking, uh, you know, arena records. We're, we're, we're going to break the record in California. This next gate's going to be $5 million. We're, we're breaking every record we ever had. We're not just breaking them, we're shattering them. The best, if not the best year of my career definitely was financially and every other way. You know, this year we, we, sh we shattered the all-time pay-per-view record this year, for, you know, for, for a year. 8.6, 8.7 million pay-per-view buys in a year seems reasonable they should be able to work out the financial terms here. Of course, it's never that simple, but if he does fight in the UFC again, there is one big option out there that's been teased for quite some time in MMA. That was a promise uh, before the fight that the winner between Stipe and I are gonna fight John Jones. I won that fight and never heard about it. So kind of like lay down and see. And what's his certainty about fighting Tyson Fury? Out of 10, let's say eight. Yeah, very nice. Why not nine? Anyhow, guys, that's it for me. On to the rest. Bye, everybody!
So with all that said, and the bulk of the body in the bag, let's take a look at some eyewitness accounts. There's no doubt that one of the biggest stories moving into UFC 270 was Francis Ngannou and his gripe with Dana White in the UFC regarding fighter pay. And when it was all said and done, you could understand why. The total combined payout for every fighter at hashtag UFC 270 was 1.8 million. Fury made 30 million in his third fight against Wilder. Wilder made 20 million. Fury and Wilder made 25 times more than all the UFC 270 fighters combined. Tell me that the UFC fighter pay isn't an issue. And speaking of big old Tyson Fury, he was knocking at the door. Congratulations at Francis Ngannou, but if you want to make some real money, come see the GK. You can see why Francis at 35 years old might want out with some retirement money he may not otherwise be receiving from the UFC. Francis, of course, seemed to confirm the idea by simply replying with a poster announcing a potential super fight for 2022. The question is, does this happen with or without the UFC, or will a legal battle be inbound? Of course, if Francis can't get what he wants, it's not like there's not a super fight within the MMA sphere that looms for him. That's right, your not-so-friendly resident neighborhood John Jones appeared on social media for the occasion with an array of things to say. If this is the apex of heavyweight fighting, I'm excited about it. Got some more records to break. I love how everyone gets so impressed with the new guy, lol. Laugh out loud shit, I might just enjoy retirement. Whether or not we finally see a heavyweight John Jones and a potential blockbuster fight is up for debate, especially as Jones has his own pay dispute with the UFC. Back in March of 2021, Jones wrote, I had a brief phone meeting with UFC's lawyer Hunter a few days ago. As of right now, I expressed to him that anywhere near 8 to 10 million would be way too low for a fight of this magnitude. That's all that's been discussed so far. One thing I'm sure of, I've never had more people excited to see a fight than they are now. I literally can't walk to the mailbox without someone asking me about the fight. Of course, if that falls through, at least the Black Beast is still waiting in the wings. I'll do it for 8 million. Shit. At UFC. Now that we've given the card a thorough examination, it's time for a final analysis. Just when you think you have the answers, this sport changes the questions. Figgy Moreno 3 was another classic by the duo, but who could have predicted a fourth fight would just make so much sense immediately afterwards? There is some real magic here, and the UFC cannot let this go to waste. A back-to-back-to-back-to-back fight saga. This is never gonna happen again. Please make the fourth fight in a row and do it in Mexico like Figgy said. They're 1-1-1, one, one, and, one, and I want another classic. Speaking of entirely unpredictable, and unprecedented, the grappling display by Francis Ngannou in the main event. Who saw that coming? Nobody, including Gan. There's just no telling in MMA. Probably why it's so damn fun. Possibly the most important narrative in the sport going into 270 was Ngannou's contract situation, and we have truly reached the point of no return now. With the win, the champ still holds a ton of leverage. Which side will break has yet to be determined, but the absence of Dana White post-fight probably a sign this thing is just getting started. Hope you enjoyed the show, because however this shakes out, we may not see and Gano in the cage again for a long while. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.